God's good. Young lady, is that a rodeo jacket you got on? Huh? Yeah, turn around. Let me see. Is that region five or nine? Did y'all know that kid that uh, passed away? Anybody know that kid that passed away last night? He's rodeoed in Region 5 in a car accident. Let's keep his family in your prayers tonight. You know, life is precious. Life is fast. I uh, seen uh, where my son's girlfriend had put that on her Facebook page that that young man had passed away. And thought about it as I took a nap this afternoon and and I woke up with that scripture that I know, and I preached before, but how many know sometimes you know the scripture, you've preached it before, you've used it before, but you really want to know the meaning of that scripture, what it actually means, how can I apply it to my life? I love the fact that Caney Creek Cowboy Church is a, is a, is a big atmosphere where we can bring where people understand it. I, 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 I commend Todd Jordan one time. Uh, he was with, with Mims, and Mims is a great church, and uh, they are a big church. They got four, five, six thousand people, and Todd was one of the main singers there, and, and uh, Todd was there, and, and man, loved it, but he came here and sang one time and heard the Word of God presented in a way where he could understand it. He went back home, and he told his wife, he said, you got to come hear this, and then he told his wife and his kids, you got to come hear this. And, and the more they come to hear it, they begin to understand it. He said to me, in eight months, he learned more than he did in eight years. Sitting under Dr. Gene. Now, Dr. Gene is a great pastor, but I believe in the times that we're in, Josh, that we got to open up our hearts and be ready to receive the message. Whether, whether it's from Dr. Gene, Pastor Mark, Dr. Carter. Any of these guys, with or without a title, it could be from Poncho, it could be from Fred, it could be from Harry or Beverly, Brother Vic. God will use you. I, I'm so thankful that he uses us tonight. And while we're alive, you hear me tonight? While we're alive, we need to be asking God to use us. I'm afraid for those who do nothing. Just going to be real for a minute. Because if you do nothing, you answer for nothing. But if you do something, at least the Lord can say, you know what? Well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, so I, I woke up. I don't know if I, I took a little nap. It felt good to take a nap. And, and uh, I woke up with that scripture on my heart, which, again, I'll say I preached it before. I understand it. But I don't know if I really knew it. So I, I want you guys to help me and let's all see if we can learn tonight, Kenny. Let's all see if we can learn tonight what this truly means. And it's found in Matthew 8, 22. Go there with me. If you got an iPhone, it should work. Or if you got an iPad, it should work. Our Wi-Fi is increasing so that we can make sure that we're staying up with the times. But I still like when you bring the Bibles, folks. Matthew 8, 22. One day, Jesus invited a man to follow him and become his disciple. But the man refused. He said he would follow Jesus later. 
but he first he wanted to bury his father. Jesus responded in this manner, Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. What does this mean, folks? Let the dead bury the dead. Anybody got an answer for that? Anybody? What does that mean? Anybody? I'm asking questions. You can raise your hand if you know. Yes, ma'am. Jimmy? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Mary? Yeah. How many believe that we can be alive and spiritually dead? Huh? Yeah, correct. Anybody else? John? Can we agree on something tonight? That there's two births? Can we agree on that, church? That there's two births? One that you come out of your mother, the other one when you become alive in Christ. Out with the old, up with the new type deal. Can we agree on something tonight? Well, I, I haven't took you there yet, but there's two deaths that this is talking about. He says, let the dead bury the dead. Poncho, you were going to add something? I agree. What I was thinking about, and I, and I wrote this, so I want you to hear me tonight. What does this mean? Jesus was saying that people who were physically dead should bury their own dead people. As you say, that wouldn't make sense. Instead, he was speaking of those who are not physically dead, but spiritually dead. Can we agree on something else tonight? If we're going to educate ourselves, let's agree on this. That God knows if we're spiritually dead tonight. Huh? Come on, somebody. Somebody believe me tonight. I, I see people dying every day spiritually. Spiritually, they're dying. And, and, and man, I, I'm telling you, I'm becoming an old man quick trying to save them. And I'm going to have to learn to just turn that over to the Lord, even though these people are choosing to be spiritually dead. They're choosing to walk away from the Lord, turn, their, turn back to their old nature. There, there's a lot, a lot going on. Hear me? There's a lot, a lot going on. People want their old life, their old nature, who they were. They are spiritually dead. And this is what this talks about. It's not a physical death. And you think about the young man who approached the Lord. He wanted it. Huh? There's a lot of people come to churches all over the world that really want a relationship with God. 
They do. When they're sitting here, they really want it. And I believe in my elementary education, my 10th grade education, I believe tonight, I'm going to try to make you understand that, that he really wanted it. And he went up to the Lord and he said, Lord, what must I do to follow you? And, and it talks about this in the Bible that we must give up all of our possessions. But the Lord's not really talking about our material possessions. He's talking about those wants that are before him. And then here we see another example where he says, Lord, I would love to go with you because the, the Lord is talking. Do you want to be my disciple? And the young man says, yes, but I've got to bury my father. And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. What I think you need to understand tonight, Scott Jones and the rest of us, Mike Wise, I think you need to understand this is the Lord knows who is spiritually dead. I pray tonight it's not you. I pray tonight it's not me. There's a lot of spiritual death going on today. People are not hungry for the word of God. They're not hungry for church. They're not hungry to raise up their, 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 their families in the way that the Lord says. They're hungry for a lot of other stuff. The lights, the cameras, the action. They're hungry for a lot of stuff, the loud music and the parties. But church is just boring. Reading the Bible is just boring. Hanging out with those Christian people, that's just boring. Today, as I was headed out from here, I, I, I noticed that one of our cows was out. And, and, and this guy was pulling in with a Suburban as we were pulling out. I didn't know the cow was out, so I got down to the corner and, and, I, and me and Mary had to get the cow back in. He said, I was going to tell somebody the cow was out. I said, thank you. He said, I'm looking for another church because the church I go to is dead. I believe if the leadership in the church is dead, then the church could be dead. I believe if the pastor is dead, then the church could be dead. I believe if the leadership in the church is, is not on fire for God, then the whole church could be not on fire, God. Can we agree to that, too? I'm just saying if you'd agree to me, agree with me tonight. Uh, <laughs> that's why it's so important for us to understand what the Lord said. What does this mean? Jesus wasn't saying that people were, were physically dead, should be buried. Other, He was saying spiritually. Instead, he was speaking of those who are spiritually dead. Those who are alive physically, but dead toward God in their soul. You know, I've seen a lot of strong people. Now, listen to me, physical people. I mean strong. Pick up car blocks and motors and engines. I had a friend, Robert Mack, back home, and man, he worked for you for a while. That knucklehead was strong as an ox. He picked me up one time by my feet and was walking me around. And I said, let me down, Robert Mack. He said, no, I ain't going to let you down. I was working on a ranch. He just picked me up, flipped me upside down, started carrying me around by my feet, laughing and giggling. I was like, this ain't funny. All the blood's rushing to my head, fool. And uh, he was bouncing me up and down. I said, let me go. He said, no, this is fun. I pulled out my knife. I started stabbing him in his leg. I said, it ain't fun no more, is it? He dropped me. You cut me, man. Well, let me go. I said, let me go. Ain't much change since I got to preaching. Get a hold of me too tight, you're gonna let go. But he was so strong, Vic. He was he was just strong. Like anybody know somebody got some stupid strength? Wasn't he kidding? He had like some stupid strength. Oh, the car needs to be moved, let's move it. 
I see people like that right now. They're physically capable to build houses, to build homes, to build cars, to work, and, and, and muscle, and, and strong, and determined, but they're spiritually dead. You can be physically strong and spiritually weak. You can be the toughest son of a gun on the block and be spiritually dead. What Jesus was talking about here was, was, was not physical death because the, the, the young man said, I need to go back and bury my dad. Uh, follow me and let the dead bury the dead, the Lord responded. Listen to me. This might sound harsh, but there's strong and healthy people out there, yet they're spiritual dead. Can I ask you the question tonight? I want to get an answer, and I'm going to ask some call on you. Do you think it's more important to be physically alive or spiritually alive? Huh? Physically alive or spiritually alive? I've held the hand, Allie, of a lot of people who took their last breath. And they called on angels, and they, they saw the light. They, they, they said, it's beautiful. I remember holding Melissa Gibbs' hand, and she was, she, was, she was scared. She was scared. She knew she was just a few breaths away from taking her last breath. She was scared, man. I mean, she was scared. Man, I was a young pastor, Carl. I didn't have much words to say. I didn't know what to say. I just kept saying, trust the Lord. Everything's going to be all right. All of a sudden, a peace came over her, and fear had left her body. A smile came on her face, and she never breathed another breath. You see, she became alive again. Even though the body was falling apart, see, she had a heart condition, and they had done all they could do. Physically, she was leaving us. Spiritually, she was coming alive. I tell people this all the time. When you're born again saved, when you're a Christian, when you're born again, you never die. You just change residence. Huh? You just leave Conroe, Texas, Grangerland, Texas, Caney Creek Cowboy Church. You just leave us and go home to God. Go home to the Father. I told people this morning when I got here, are y'all ready for the rapture? They looked at me like, oh, no, I better check None of us are promised tomorrow. That young man I was asking if you knew from the rodeo. He probably went out last night. I don't know what the circumstances were. He might have been working. He might have got home late. He, he might have been tired. He, it might have come out of nowhere. How many people know that stuff can come out of nowhere, folks, and take your life? You know, I was thinking about it. Is it more important to be physically alive or spiritually alive? Now, when we say spiritually alive, we'd all agree on that tonight. But if we're physically able to make that decision tonight, then we need to make that choice before it's too late. Because the clock stops ticking for all of us one day. None of us are promised tomorrow. Y'all got a big wedding plan. Great plan. If it happens. For real. Tick-tock, tick-tock, we're just a few days away. But that's what the Bible also talks about that. Why are you making all these plans without me? Don't you know that none of us are promised tomorrow, the Bible says? 
There's a great story in the Bible about this guy who said, I'm going to go for a year, I'm going to work here, I'm going to plan, I'm going to make money, I'll be back. And the guy says, the Lord says to the guy, he says, you know what? You're not even promised tomorrow. It was real foggy when I got here this morning. Was it real foggy when y'all got up this morning? But it wasn't foggy when we left church. People die all the time. The Bible said we're only here like the morning fog. That's just a little while. So I think spiritually ready is better than physically ready. I think working both of them together, spiritually and physically, is a great thing. But I can tell you right now, spiritually ready is better than physically ready. I met a guy one time. He was born with no arms and one leg. And he was bound to a wheelchair. And he had such a heart for God. He didn't blame God for his physical limitations. He served God with his spiritual. You know, that's what we have to do too. I'm going to explain this to you. I'm going to get through this. To us, Jesus' words might have been harsh. Let the dead bury the dead. But that is because we don't understand what the man was really saying. When someone in Jesus' day and they wanted to go bury their father... It didn't necessarily mean he was already dead. Instead, they were really saying they wanted to stay with their father until the, he had passed away. Some things might have happened in a year or it could have happened in a week. The guy could, his father could have been sick or the guy's father could have been healthy. This man was simply looking for an excuse, watch this, to avoid following Christ. Do we see that today? People are looking for excuses. They make up good ones. When I was in school, I could make up some good excuses why I didn't do my homework. The dog ate it, didn't get it. I, I, the bus driver kept it. I, they, they left me. You can make all kinds of excuses. Today, people are making excuses why they don't go to church. Huh? Well, you know, Brother Mark, I work really, really, really hard. I know you do, and you're 9 to 5. Follow us around, some that just get up in the morning and come home when it's dark. I work so hard, Pastor Mark, I only get two days a week, and you know those two days a week, I got to rest. God is tired of our excuses. We see them today. Well, I was going to come to church this morning, but you know what? The car wouldn't start. How bad as you want to? I guarantee you anybody over here would have come jumped you. I'd have come to church today, but I didn't have the money. I get that a lot. Are we trusting God to take care of us, or are we not trusting God to take care of us? Last week at the bull riding, this young man came, and him and his dad came. And, man, they're all about getting here and getting on bulls, but I think they're really getting the message. And they hang out at the wrong pens with the wrong people, and last night, I'll, I'll get there in a minute, but, but they hang out with the wrong people at the wrong time. But I think coming here, they get a message. They're around good Christian people. We're trying to honor God in all that we do. Well, as we were planning this coming Tuesday's bull riding, the dad said, hey, man, we got here, but we ain't got the gas to get home. I said, no problem. Give me just a minute. And you know what? We, we got a little gas money to get them home. Last night. Brother Vic, that same young man and his same father was at that same rodeo I was at in Liberty. And that kid was so drunk and high, 
I asked God, I said, God, don't kill him tonight. Bring him back to one more of the Caney Creek Cowboy Church's rodeos that he may really get saved, that he may really get it. I mean, he was high. I don't even know if it was alcohol, but he was on something. He didn't even remember who I was, and he's here every week. You know, it's not really a matter of knowing me, it's knowing him. You know, and we got to get to that place where we know that God is real and that he wants us to follow him. He wants to be uno number one, first place in your life. He comes before everything. I think what makes me and Mary a good team is he's head of the house. This man was simply looking for an excuse to avoid Jesus, uh, to avoid becoming a disciple, to avoid changing his ways. Let me ask you a question tonight. What keeps you from following Jesus like you should? Now, now, now let's see who raises their hand. What keeps you from following Jesus like you really should? Is it your pride? Is it your time? Is it another love? Do you have other loves before God? Because he says clearly that you should have no other gods before him. Well, you know, you know, Lord, I really want to, but I like to fish. You know, Lord, I really like to, but I like to rope. See, I used to serve that old rodeo God. Went every weekend, left on Thursday night, didn't have to work on Friday, rodeo Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And if there was a cowboy church that gave a free run to a team roper, or, then we'd be there, and I'd have beer, and I'd have all that stuff. I had everything I needed, you know, to get me by and cope with. I didn't go for the right reasons. That's why when I got saved, I believe God stripped all that away from me. He said, you will have no other gods before me. He said, let the dead bury the dead. If you want to follow me, Mark Grimes, you need to sell all your horses, all your trucks, all your trailers. You need to sell everything and get you a suit and a tie and follow me. That's what he said to me. Really? I know some of you right now wouldn't put a suit on if God told you to put a suit on. I know some of you right now wouldn't dress up like Richard Simmons if God told you to dress up like Richard Simmons. I know some of you right now that would, 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 would for sure stand up against God on a lot of different things. For me, it was all in or all out. And I'm so glad that I got all in. You know, there's some radical people in this church too. I say, let's do this, man. Let's go do a reenactment. Let's, let's get some crosses made and let's dress up in Roman soldiers and shave your legs and and, and let's, let's walk down the street and let's yell and throw rocks at Jesus and, and let's scream and shout and stop traffic and make people mad. Let's drop, drop Jesus in front of the Valero and let's spit on him and kick him and, and stab him with our swords. And man, I got some radical people that say, yeah, I'll go with you, Pastor. That sounds pretty cool. And then you see people pumping gas, bawling, crying because our Lord and Savior really went through you see, I had to sell the trucks, the trailers, the horses, the cattle. And I started showing up on Sunday morning. Started showing up on Sunday night. 
started showing up on Wednesday night, started serving wherever they would let this guy. And you know, God saw that I was a disciple. Can we say that for you tonight? Does God say that you are a disciple? Because what he was really asking, I'm done, listen. Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. God is looking for those to follow him. Follow me, follow me, follow me. That's what God's looking for. Because if you think about it, Matthew 8, 21, 23 says, And another of his disciples said unto the Lord, Suffer me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury the dead. And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. You see, the Lord put the call out there. And what I want you to get tonight is at this time, at this period, there were other disciples there. There was Matthew. Ain't we in the book of Matthew? There was Matthew. There was Mark. There were several disciples. And when the Lord put the call out there, there were other disciples. You don't know that. That's awesome. That's, that's the Lord. That's divine intervention right now in your brain cell. It wasn't just the one guy. There was multiple guys. And the Lord said, come follow me. Come follow me. And one guy said, I'm with you, but let me do this. It don't work that way. Come on, somebody, get that tonight. It does not work that way. Let me retire first. I get this a lot. Let me retire first, and then I'm going to serve. No, you're not. If you didn't serve before you retired, you're probably going to find something else to do when you retire. God wants all and nothing. The just of it is the people that choose nothing are spiritually what? Dead. That's a scary place to be, folks. Because none of us are promised not one more breath. I've scooped them up. Folks, you need to hear me. I have scooped them up. I have scooped them up in this church and put them in ambulances that were not breathing who left here. I have stood on stage with men who followed Christ one minute and got on their motorcycles and were dead in ten. Spiritually speaking, we need to wake up tonight. Spiritually speaking, we need to wake up tonight. Hallelujah for a call like this on a Sunday night that you and I would just become on fire for God. Spiritually speaking, we would let everything else fall to the side and we say, God, you are number one in my life tonight. I'm not an expert. How much time I got? I got five minutes. Oh, I'm good. I got 20 minutes. Yeah, let me do this in five, though. I'm not an expert on Jewish burial customs. I'm really not an expert on much. But I was thinking about this. What happens in Jewish times when they bury people? There were two burials. First, the Shivra, they call it S-H-I-V-A-H, Shivra, happened. Immediately upon death, it was obligation of the oldest son to bury them. The body would be placed in a tomb. Now, I told you there was two deaths back then. 
the, the body would be placed in a tomb and mourning would happen for seven days. A year later, after the first the flesh decayed, the bones would be gathered into a box. Ancient custom, Jewish times, taught that this is the second burial, resulting in the death being free from God. So watch, there was two, back then there was two, there were, you know, say the dad died, let the, the, I got to go bury my father. There would be two deaths. He would die, and in the first seven days they would wrap, remember when Jesus died, they wanted to present his body? Wrap him all up and send him with oil. That's what they would do. They would go in the morning for seven days. And the second death was they would come back in a year. And the flesh would be gone. And they would take the bones and they'd put them in a box. And that was called the second death. And they thought, now, now this is crazy because people still think this way. They think about purgatory. They think about a place where you go and then, oh, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe you might get there. Thank God I don't live under a maybe. I live under an I know I'm going to get there. <laughs> Ancient custom taught this second burial as a result that after you were there, that, that you'd be free from judgment. It is almost impossible that Jesus was telling the man not to initially bury or, or even dig up the bones. It is almost certain that he was referring to the second burial that occurred a year later, referring to the man-made customs that taught that the second burial freed. I want you to get this, and I'm done. He freed the man from judgment. The dead bury their dead. Own dead makes me think that the Father, watch, Jesus knows. Say that with me. Jesus knows. So there was a process. Jesus, who thinks that Jesus is the most compassionate person that ever lived? Huh? Who really thinks that Jesus is the most loving, kind, compassionate? How many is he a friend to deny? How many is he a brother? How many has he been there for you when you really needed him? I mean, your tears were running down your face, and he is the most compassionate, loving. I don't believe that Jesus wasn't having compassion on this man. I believe that he knew if the man left, the seven-day period would start. The year-long process would be. And the guy, his father, was already spiritually dead. Jesus already knew. He said, let the dead bury the dead. Come follow me. Jesus already knew. Can I share with you something? It says in my book, the Bible, in Revelations, that there will not be a death, there will not be an ear that does not have the opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ being presented before the ends of time. Come on, somebody, get that with me. I, I wish I'd look that scripture up. I'm going to look it up later and I'm going to put it on, my, on, on our Facebook page. Listen, the Bible says before the end of times, not one person, say that with me, not one person will have not been able to understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not one person, I don't care if they're in a little hut, in Eskimoville, in a little igloo in the middle of nowhere, and there's a little maiden in there, and her husband's dead, her children's dead, and she's all by herself. That little lady somehow, according to my Bible, because I believe every word of my Bible, that somehow, some way, that lady will have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the ends of time, now where are we at now? We are in the ends of time. You can hear the gospel presented in any language, anywhere, anytime. Go to YouTube. 
We live streamed this morning, and some guy in the panhandle said, Thank you. I really enjoyed your message. Right now, there are missionaries in the streets dressed up like homeless people trying to reach the homeless people. Right now, there's chaplains in the penitentiaries right now preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ to an inmate who's locked up in solitary confinement 24 hours a day, seven days a weekend. There's a little tap on that jail cell. There's a little knock on the door. And on the other side of that door is a guy who has life for murder, for whatever he did. And he opens up the little window. He says, can I help you? He says, do you like to know about Jesus Christ? No, I wouldn't like to know about Jesus Christ. He's going to remain spiritually dead. Would you like to know about Jesus Christ? What do you think Jesus could do for me? I think Jesus can free you, bro. I think Jesus can forgive you, bro. I think Jesus has a plan for your life. I'm never getting out of this cell. It don't matter. I believe that Jesus has a plan for your life. I believe that Jesus can free you. See, where I'm going and you need to go is free. 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 You can be anywhere, anytime, anyplace and be free. You don't have to get on your bike to be free. You don't have to get on a horse and ride to be free. You can be free. Right here. That man in that cell has been presented the gospel. He makes a choice to accept it. Or not. But it's his choice. I'm going to leave you with that tonight. It is his choice. Can you not imagine that this chaplain at this prison, at the Walls unit in Huntsville, is in his heart begging for this man to accept Christ? Because he knows if he accepts Christ, Christ will forgive him for whatever caused him to be locked up and incarcerated for the rest of his life. Because I want to say this to you, you, none of us have sinned any greater than the next person. So let me say this to you tonight, none of us have sinned any greater than the next person. If you've never, ever, ever committed a, a heinous crime to God, that is no bigger deal than stealing bubble gum. Thievery is thievery. If you have murdered somebody in your mind, if you've thought about killing somebody over and over again in your mind, you are guilty just for thinking. If you have lusted after a man or lusted after a woman, if you in your mind have committed adultery, you are guilty. Can you imagine the gavel? Bam, you're guilty. You're guilty. And every one of us are guilty of sin. That's another thing you and I have in common. Number one, we're all going to die. Number two, we're all guilty of sin. And God gave us a choice. To either accept what this chaplain is saying or reject what this chaplain is saying. I just gave you a vision. You see the cell. You see the inmate. Now picture yourself as the inmate. You either accept it or you reject it. The choice is yours. If you're looking at that verse, man, Jesus was talking that the father was already spiritually dead. Physically, he had 10 years. 
15 years. He was going to live to be 108. Physically, he was all right, but spiritually, he was never going to get it. You know, I want to ask you tonight, are you spiritually alive? Are you spiritually dead? Only you and God know. I wish I did. Sometimes I think I do, and then sometimes I get it all wrong. Sometimes the worst one actually winds up being the best one. And sometimes the best one actually winds up being the worst one. But God knows. Are you spiritually alive tonight? Are you physically alive tonight? Do you want to accept Christ tonight? Or do you not want to accept Christ tonight? Because if Hunter... Come here, honey. Come here, buddy. Thank you, buddy. If Hunter accepts Christ tonight, he spends eternity in heaven. He spends eternity with Jesus, with his loved ones, with his family, with his friends. If he accepts Christ into his little heart tonight, he lives forever in heaven. But if he don't accept he will spend eternity in a place called hell that is just as real as heaven. And I know that this young man is going to accept Christ into his heart. I believe with all my heart, mind, body, and soul that you are too. But it's your choice. I pray you do. Hunter, go sit down, buddy. Thank you. Give that young man a round of applause. Let's pray together. Father, is there anybody in here tonight who has not accepted you? If you're looking at the verse, Jesus said, come follow me, and I, he wanted to free you. He wanted to free you from what possessed you, what tied you up, what changed you. It seems that there's several disciples right now making excuses after excuse. There's several people in this world making excuses. I'm not going to make an excuse tonight. I'm going to follow tonight. If you're here tonight and you're ready to follow the Lord with all of your heart, you have to pray and ask Him into your heart first. You have to pray and ask Him into your heart first. And it's a simple prayer. It is so simple. But you have to mean it. It's not so simple. You have to mean it with everything inside you. So I'm going to ask you tonight, if you died tonight, do you know you'd go to heaven? If you're not sure, then you need to pray with me. And you need to mean it tonight. So glad we got a small crowd here tonight. I believe that we serve a big God here tonight, though. If you're here tonight and you need to pray and ask Jesus into your heart, pray with me right now. Just say, Dear Lord. Come into my heart and save me. I believe in you. And I want to follow you for the rest of my life. Say this with me. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. For I know I have sinned against you. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and live. Tonight, I make you my Lord. The Lord of my life. And I'm going to follow you 
say this, but I'm going to follow you all the days of my life. You prayed that with me. Would you slip up your hand? Let me see. Anybody? Oh, God bless you guys. Amen. God bless you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. God bless you all. Hallelujah. Amen. If you didn't, I'm praying for you guys. And if you're here tonight and you forgot about the excitement of being spiritually alive, I pray that God renews that fire in you, that you are so on fire when you hit that door tonight that you want to just let the rest of the world know that He is your Savior. Father, rekindle a passion in all of us. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Somebody give God a praise tonight. Amen.